0: Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Calm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique
1: Hom. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, I interview badass, amazing real estate investing goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And I am super excited today to have a guest that not only is she doing amazing things in real estate, but she also shares a similar mission to mine of helping other women invest in real estate. So I'm super excited She's like a sister of my soul. This um, <laughs> Faircloth. Thank she, you. Uh, she co-founded the, the Rosa Group in 2005 with her husband Matt and it's based in Trenton, New Jersey. They own commercial and residential property and they have a mission to transform lives through real estate, which I love. She has vast experience in bringing properties to their highest and best use. Which includes repositioning single-family homes, multi-family apartment buildings, mixed-use retail, and office spaces. So many different asset classes. And her company controls close to 700 units of residential and commercial assets throughout the East Coast. And like I said, she has a passion for helping women. She is the host of the Real Estate Invest Her podcast and the co-founder of that community. Together with her partner Andresa, they have launched the Real Estate Investors Show. And it's a podcast that provides straight talk along with inspiration for existing and inspiring women investors to live both balanced and financially free lives. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Uh, My mission to help
2: women
1: create financial freedom through real estate. And so I'm super excited to have her here sharing her genius. So welcome, Liz.
2: Thank you, Monique. So excited to be here and and love what you're up to and just excited to have such similar passions and, you know, be on this journey of supporting women together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because we definitely can't do it alone. I say in my events, I have, I'm trying to help 1 million women, but I was like, maybe I can help you. And then you
2: reach back (laughs) and you help her and she
1: helps somebody else and then together we're going to do it. I love that. So I always, this show is about your story. So how did you get started in real estate investing?
2: Yeah. So in my early twenties, my husband and I, like most early twenties, you know, most people are like partying and having a good time. We, we were writing business plans and taking real estate investing courses, which, which is always kind of funny. You know, a lot of, I guess a lot of, some 20 year olds do that, but we were kind of in our mid twenties and we're like, okay, we wanted a different life. And as soon as I met my husband, we both were like, we love the idea of creating something big in our lives and really serving people. We knew that that was a huge value of ours. Funny enough, but every time we talked, we're like, we really want to do something bigger. And he was working in engineering at the time. I was in graduate school for social work. I wanted to do direct counseling. That was my passion at the time. And so in talking to each other, and at the same time we were talking about really wanting to build something different, I took entrepreneur class and my master's degree. And I was like, this is interesting. I could actually build something. On my own, I didn't have any really examples in my life. My parents were both great, hardworking people, but no one really started a business. Same with my husband. Same, similar type of family, middle class, just hardworking families. So my brother-in-law had started a business like within the same few years, and he gave me rich dad, poor dad. I was mm-hmm. like, and my head was turned. Like I know that's how most people start Hello, to be like, hold on. <laughs> Such an amazing book. And I think what really did that for me, what really got me thinking was like, it's like the earned income versus the passive. I had really never thought of that. I never was really familiar with it. And I was like, this is amazing. Then you start to just do some digging. Okay, how are, we, you know, what are the ways that you can create those passive income? And, and real estate's obviously one of them. And he talks about that. And we played the cash flow game, his cash flow, yeah. which is a great game many people have not played. And it's actually a great game to start thinking about your life and how to buy property and So then we started taking courses together. I mean, we didn't see each other very much. We both lived in different areas while we were dating. So we did all, most of our weekends was go to seminars, go to courses. The more we learned about real estate investing and just the the asset class of real estate, we were just like, this is really powerful. You can transform space, you can make it better, you can help the community and put some money in your own pocket. Like, this is pretty amazing. (laughs) Little did we know there's a lot more to it than that. But philosophically, we really was, very got very intrigued with it. My husband's an engineer, so he's always really intrigued with the numbers. And I was more like, okay, what's the impact here? And more like the visual person kind of thing. So that's how we got started in terms of like education. For a year, we took courses, course after course after course before Bigger Pockets was popular, before a lot of those groups were popular, but the RIA groups were still there. And we bought our first duplex in 05 with a loan from my father. And my father loaned us 30 grand. We had nearly no money to put together 30 grand. So he loaned us that, which I'm still super grateful for because I'm like, that was a risk that he took. You know, I know he trusted us and we were good from the hardworking perspective, but we didn't know a lot, you know? I mean, we knew enough to, you know. But do you really ever know enough to buy your first property? I don't know. I mean, you gotta know enough to get going. And that's what we did and learned a lot and then started to focus on uh, New Jersey and that market.
1: That's an awesome story and I'm so jealous that you got into it. Um, and you were into that in your 20s because well I guess I got my first one at, at 31. So but still I was the stupid 20 something.
2: <laughs> <And> you know <laughs> so. we, were, we were also very naive and sometimes I look at how long we've been in the game and I'm very proud of what we've done and what we've accomplished but you know it's interesting because there's something to be said about like being naive, right? And being just like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? You know, you kind of had this naivety to, I, we were both like, we were both kind of risk takers. And we were both like, what's the worst that could happen? And sometimes the worst happened, you know? And, I'm, and in hindsight, I'm glad we've become more cautious and more, a little more astute as we've continued on. We're not perfect, but we certainly aren't as naive anymore. And, but part of me is grateful that, you know, that I had some of that naiveness because maybe I wouldn't have gotten started, right? I would have been more overthinking of it now. So I guess it had those pluses and minuses.
1: Yeah. Sometimes what you don't know, you don't know is helpful.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sometimes what you don't know, you don't know, it (laughs) will hurt you. But that ultimately you have to get in the game, you have to take action. You're yep. never going to know everything you need to know in order to start. A lot of the learning you get is like the butts in the seat, the bits learning, right? Like you just, yep. you're just you going to get it because you're doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and then you, you get smarter and you get better at what you do. But you just, you got to start.
2: <laughs> That's true. And <You> get going. <laughs>
1: yeah. You just have to get in the game. So tell us a little bit more about like where you currently are, because you started in New Jersey around where you lived and now you've. Really spread. So, tell us a little bit more about you know what what you're
2: doing now. Yeah. So we we started with multifamily, and then you know at the same time we moved to Jersey to focus on New Jersey because we were moving there together and bought a home and everything. My husband quit his job and said one of us really wanted to quit our you know and I actually just had gotten a job in like organizational development, doing team buildings, and I was like, I really want to take this on. I'm really enjoying the consulting work, and um, I love real estate. And he's like, Well, I hate my job. (laughs) So so we got to like okay. So he said, I'm going to do full-time real estate investing and right within the same week of us getting married in 05. And we had like a couple properties under our belt, but nothing like it wasn't, we weren't making the income to replace us out, nothing like that, where people are smart these days on how they do that. We were just like, yeah, quit your job. <laughs> and we, we bought a home at the same time to say, okay, we can live below our mean, you know, meaning that I can afford the mortgage. God forbid you do nothing and make nothing in this business. And, um, and that was a smart decision. I'm really grateful for that decision. We just moved a year ago from that house because it just gave us this comfort level and we were very nimble as starting a business. So you didn't ask me that, but basically we got focused on New Jersey and started to buy in our kind of like within a, we had a rule within 30 minute radius. So we bought in our kind of like our kind of proximity and we said, we did a business plan saying, where can we buy property that we can afford and where can we make a difference? So that was Trenton, New Jersey. And so that's where we got, we still have a portfolio there. And that's where we ended up buying a lot of our initial assets. And, you know, it's an interesting city. It's growing still, still figuring itself out. And we've been able to improve properties. I mean, there's so many vacant properties and so many a lot of urban communities in Jersey and across the country, of course, but I just have a reference for Jersey, New Jersey, and that you know they're still developing. They're still trying to create that economy and and where the yeah. capital it was the capital of the state. So bought a lot of our initial properties there. And then we started to get a little more outside the city and said, okay, let's start to diversify other areas as well. So we don't have everything in one city. And then we said, uh, we didn't want to go without with beyond 30 minutes. That was our rule. Cause we self-managed everything for the first, up until a year and a half, two years ago, we managed everything with a team and we built that team over the years where we did everything ourselves. And so then we said, okay, then we got presented a property in Philadelphia and it was like 40 minutes. We're like, okay, let's break (laughs) the rule a little bit, you know, let's get crazy. And that was one of our, First, like larger multi, it was an 18 unit. And at that point, we had a 10 unit, and we started to get into like, you know, really trying to scale our multifamily focus. And then we got presented with an opportunity about an hour and a half, and it was a 49 unit. So, a lot of people, a lot of great, great, great teachers out there are like, just go buy a 100 unit apartment building. That's not what we did. We started very, very small and very, we grew very steadily. And that was just our approach and that was our strategy. And we took a lot of twists and turns. We did some flips and we did some of this and we did some of that over the years. And that definitely took us off our focus of multifamily. So again, learn lesson, but focus is so important. I I wish we had focused a little bit better when we were the first number of years, but again, live and learn. Um, And then we started to just say, okay, we can't manage everything ourselves. And then we started to let go of that direct management because it's a lot of work. uh, And I think some people are really good at it, basis their personality and their goals, but you have to look in the mirror and go, where do we want to spend our energy and our time? So, So that the hour and a half property that we broke our rule, we had to hire our first third-party management, which was really scary. And you're like, hold on, they're not going to do it the way we do it. But in some ways, it was a good thing. They're a very professional organization. They took what we were doing to a different level that we weren't even doing. So actually, in hindsight, it was very a good thing for us. You still got to manage them. It's not like hands-off, like, oh, manage yeah, my property and send me checks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that can get very squirrely and you know, it's, you got to be put on top of those folks. And then really, real quick story, just in terms of growing more into the terms of the Southeast, the numbers just started not to work. We were presented with deals in Philadelphia and really our our trading area that we knew, New Jersey, Philadelphia. And it just, the numbers just didn't work. We raise money, we bring money together and we can't get folks their returns that they want to see and that we want to see for them. So it just became, just didn't make sense anymore, especially with taxes going up, especially in New Jersey. So we just said, let's focus PA was our first opportunity, a little more outside the city. And then we had a broker, same broker who we worked with in this other area, present us a deal in North Carolina. So now it's scary, right? We're not just driving an hour and a half. Now we have to get on an airplane. Right now it's like eight or nine hours. So it really got us out of our comfort zone because literally everything was really close to us. So, And then we've grown in Kentucky and North Carolina. So we have our larger assets, our larger multis there. The Southeast just has a lot of great... Most people are investing in the South on some level. Yeah, uh, and it's just the it just numbers make sense. That the growth is there. Everything is thumbs up on terms of like the diversity of jobs and all those sort of things. You can't compete in the Northeast on that. So that's how our growth kind of happened.
1: I hear you. Most of our properties are in the South and Southeast as well. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles, so I definitely don't have a half an hour <laughs> away. rule. <laughs> but
2: yeah, you you can't make anything work. Half hour is like not even going to happen.
1: <laughs> I'm like, if I want to. 3% ROI, maybe I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, I, I love this. And this is journeys, like you've like slowly, steadily yeah. built and grown and just goes, wow, spread your wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you've had a lot of success over the years. I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests because I know it's not, it's not so much the successes and the smooth sailing where we learn The most, it's during those mistakes. So, what would you say was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it?
2: There's been a lot (laughs) of mistakes, (laughs) you know, and I think that's often people look at people's bios or what they're up to today and they just think it's like easy peasy and there was no mistakes or challenges and just not accurate, you know, and try to be as transparent (laughs) as possible, right? So, a couple of things. I mean, I think we got involved in too many things. I kind of mentioned that earlier, early on. And I'll give you a great example. We had bought a few multis in a little town outside of Trenton called Ewing. And we were really growing those processes, you know, like trying to figure it out, you know, what's the right way to manage tenants? I mean, all that sort of stuff. And, And at that point, it was more of like financing, figuring out your financing, everything. So we're working on all that. And then we got presented with an opportunity to buy a commercial building. And we had like a line of credit. So we didn't have like just tons of money sitting around doing nothing, but we had an opportunity to tap into a line of credit. And we're like, we just ran the cash, you know, the passive income, the cash on cash return. And our, if we had it fully rented, what would we make? And we we're like, ah, oh, we'll be out of the rat race. This is awesome. Because, you know, again, going back to the rich tap for that game, it's all about the rat race. And we're like, oh, this would be awesome. And plus it's in our hometown, it's in Trenton, and uh, we'll get a tenant. And it would be even better. They're a commercial tenant. It'll be even easier than in some At ways. At least.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: This is awesome. So, thumbs up on that. That was 2008.
1: Mm, and time. Yeah. It was a great time.
2: <laughs> and then, like, I think I quit my job too around, that, around the same time because I had worked for a few years and I said, let me quit full time to support and, you in the business. And that was, that was like one of the hardest times we went through. We were going through the crash, right? And we had a portfolio, but we were just holding on to make sure it was you know s- sustained. We had a vacant 10,000-square foot building in a city that, you know, again, on a good day, is still figuring itself out and really trying, but two steps back, two steps forward, kind of situation still, to be honest. So the biggest mistake was, you know getting too focused on sometimes the dream of something, right? And I mean the dream like oh, I really want to get out of the rat race, or I really want to achieve my financial goals. We would allow our financial aspirations to sometimes just dilute a good business decision, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And we still own that building today. We ended up, this is before like shared space was like cool and everything. We were just like, we got to break up this building and rent it out to a bunch of companies, clearly, because there's no (laughs) no one in their right mind that wants to rent a 10,000 square foot building in and of itself. So that's what we did. We slowly, we got somehow figured out a a second mortgage to pull some money out, put some money into the building to break it up. And slowly but surely, we just worked our buns off to get this building leased and figured out. And, And today, knock on wood, we're almost about to refinance it, put solar on the building to hopefully reduce expenses again. So we made lemon out of lemonade, but that's been a labor of love. I mean, that's been almost 11 years and we've never... I don't think we've ever paid ourselves a dime from that building, oh. paying down the mortgage and all that good stuff. But all the dream of, oh, this Cash is going to well. do this.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I've only written checks, right? Cause we're at the point, you're like at the point where like, I'm either receiving a check or writing a check. You know, <laughs> that's, that's on the, the, you know, unfortunately some projects need money or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, that was tough, but that was a big lesson for us about focus. If you're getting good at multifamilies, just keep doing that. Do keep doing yeah. it over and over again. It should become boring. It shouldn't be sexy. And I think that people get, people get uh, diluted or just out of focus. And if they have access to money, which can be dangerous, could be good, but it could be dangerous. And we had this again, it wasn't like we just had all this money laying around, but we had access to a line of credit. And, um, you know, and we ended up putting it into an asset that just ended up being a, a real challenge for us. But we worked through it and we figured it out. But I'd say that's the biggest lessons we had. And whenever I look at mistakes we've made, it's because we've lost. The focus of what we were doing and, and what we were trying to achieve. And we allowed the money dangle carrot sometimes to be. And it wasn't like we were money hungry. We were just like, okay, when I like achieve this so we can take care of our expenses, right? Take care of our family, yeah. all those sort of things. So, yeah, I think those are the learnings. Stay staying focused. All right. <laughs> it's one of them.
1: Yeah. So, it, and it definitely helps to have a focus. Although I feel like to a certain extent, especially at the beginning, you, you got, kind of, when you're trying out different things, it helps you figure out what you don't want to do.
2: That's true. You know? That's and that's, that,
1: true. that's a good lesson to learn. It's like, all right, this is not what I'm going to do. Um, and so that's, that's helpful as well. That's true. Um, this is part, part of the process uh, or can be at times.
2: Yeah, no, that's maybe absolutely maybe true. Maybe you
1: tried it and you're like, wait a minute, hold the phone. I love this. And maybe if you bought it, you know, a couple years later, um, might've been a different.
2: That's true, and I well, and I think very about very scenario. I think about who we we who we had to become to like really take a vacant building and like a real estate crash in a, a city again that was not like all these businesses are flocking to the city, yeah. and we figured it out and we just worked our buns off and I'm I'm proud of that I am. It's just funny, you know. You think about it, you're like, oh, like, if I was presented with this deal now, right? Would I do it? And yeah. I'm like, There's no way. There's not even like on a good day. Even in a booming area, I probably would do it. I probably wouldn't because it's different from what asset class we're focused on. But who knows, you know? There's a time to pivot though in real estate. It's when you have a little more experience. You could take your eye a little bit off that one thing because yeah. now you have a new thing. But when you take your eye off too soon, it's like sometimes you just you forget to not forget, but you don't have that mindfulness of that that project yeah. that needs a little more attention. You know, new, you don't know what you you don't know what's niche is right for you. So trying a bunch of things is good. Don't yeah. buy a 10,000 square foot building though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my mentors says, fail small.
2: Yeah, fail small. I like that.
1: Like, oh,
2: fail small.
1: You can That's test little, little ways and then yep. figure out if this is for you or not. <laughs> fail small. Because yeah, failure and mistakes are part of the process, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, if you've been around for a while, then... You probably had many other ones that you could share. And in the hundred plus interviews I've done, I don't think there's anybody that's been like, nope, haven't had one.
2: <laughs> the saddest one, the the scariest one, right? It's like yeah. all the different like, profiles. <laughs> which
1: of the many do I talk about? So it's it part of the process, but it's yeah. like you were saying, like, who do you get to be to get to the other side of that, yeah. right? It's like, how do you get to show up and change and learn? And that's where the growth is. Flip side question
2: What are you most proud of? Hmm, What are you most proud of? You know, I think I'm most proud of my husband and I have a few different roles together. So he quit his job. I was working in my organizational development corporate job. And in 2008, I decided to quit, just had savings. We said, screw it, we'll figure it out. Worst comes to worse, <laughs> I'll go back and get a job. Um, and then a year and a half later, I went back to my old boss and said, this isn't working, working with my husband. I want to come back on. So I literally worked full-time. I've worked part-time with my husband, quit my job. And then in 2013, I had my son and my first child. And I said, I'm done now with my corporate work. It was a good ending of that. And I said, I'm back in the role of working with my husband again, part-time and at least trying to balance it all and figure that out. So I've really worked with him in a lot of different ways, strategic, in the business, on all kinds of things. And I'd have to say over the like 14 years, we started this thing. You know, it hasn't been roses and sunshine all the time because you're growing together, you're married, now we have two little ones. So that presents a whole interesting thing, right? But I'm really proud of building something with him and building a legacy for our kids. That's, I think, and again, in terms of size, you know, that matters on some level, but it really doesn't. In terms of, you can have 10 properties, five properties, 100 or 10,000 units and still achieve your goals. It just, Matters to me more of what are your goals and how are you going to achieve those? The numbers are just nonsense that people like to talk about at networking meetings. That's my, or not to be rude, but a lot of more men like to talk about that. How big is yours? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Women are not as more like that. I'm more like, I'm in multifamily. I'm not like, and I have this amount of units. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not really where I start our commerce. It's not really necessary. But I am proud of it. I'm proud of working through all the communication disconnects. I mean, Oh, wait, my husband turned to me. He's like, we're going to get a divorce if we don't change something. And we had a really happy marriage and we didn't get together to buy real estate, right? That wasn't the reason why we got married. Yeah. We got married for a lot of other reasons. So I'm really proud of our growth and I'm proud to keep working with him and that we work through the challenges and we're leaving a legacy for our kids that beyond the other stuff that I think I'm most proud of.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, so I also work with my husband and then we had have- we have this real estate investor soulmates retreat right? for couples. investing.:
0: Ooh, in so I like that. Like,
1: yeah. When you're married, your money's married. <laughs> so yeah. Right? And so investing with your partner is something that like most women, if, if they're in partnership, will have to do. So what would you say, what do you think has helped you be successful as a couple working together?
2: Yeah. And it's evolved over the years. You know, I think a lot of personal growth. We're also very spiritual, Mm -hmm. like having a prayerful life and trying to, like, we can't do it all ourselves, asking for help when you need it. And like I said, like doing a lot of personal and spiritual growth individually and then as a couple, hands down has been how we've been able to move through challenges. Him going to some, you know, really intensive like men's weekends and figuring out how he is in communication and, Us both going through a bunch of workshops through Landmark and just, you know, Millionaire Mind Intensive, there's so many. And then me going through some women's weekends, ironically, before even some of the work that I'm involved in now, just really getting, really growing ourselves personally and then our relationship so that we can be more effective communicators Yeah, because we go about things differently. You know, it just is what it is. I don't know any couples that are like, you know, most people I say, I work with my husband, Like wow, that's intense. I don't think I could ever do that. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm really grateful. You know, Part of it is knowing what you can do and not do as a couple. And I know it works for us. Finally, 14 years later, I know what the recipe works for us. It doesn't mean it's always like I could do it every day, but you know, he needs to have his areas. We come together on certain things. And then I have my stuff that I'm doing that my husband's not involved in. And as a mom, as a, with young kids and having a business where my husband's been a little more in the limelight than me in some ways, even though I know a bunch. I really wanted to create something that was just mine. And that works for us because then I could talk about what's coming up for me and my husband too. So long-winded answer to your question. I think it's growing together, growing individually. Yeah. And also for me, just the spiritual connection because it's we share the same values. I mean, we go about it differently sometimes. And I, he makes me nuts half the time, even getting ready for this podcast. I said, I have a podcast at 5.30. You got the kids. I made dinner. He came in two minutes before the podcast know, I'm about to wring his neck after this. So I'm now I don't feel as mad at him now through this conversation. But, but my, my point is that, you know, we go about things differently. Our styles are different, but our values are the same. And I think being able to look in yourselves in the mirror and go, you know, I was wrong here. I could do this differently. It's not easy, but you need two people doing it if you're going to work together and really build something of value together. So. Yeah but I can't say it's necessarily like the easiest thing. It just comes naturally. We've had to really work on it. And we continue to work on it. To be it honest. takes work. So we, we take tweaks and what's, what kind of meanings do we need to have? Do we just yeah. want to have like a date and chat or not talk about work or, you know, all those sort of things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely takes work and commitment, but yeah. I love your answer. It's the personal development, spiritual development, spiritual growth and working yourself and that working, you know, growing together. Yeah. It's beautiful. so, just to hit, I want you to talk briefly about Invest her and because obviously, <laughs> no, a very similar audience. So yeah. tell our listeners a little bit about investor and How came you know, about. why you started that and
2: what it's about. Sure, sure, sure. Thank you. So, Andressa and I that five years ago became good friends because we were getting involved in doing some flips in Philadelphia, and I found her on Bigger Pockets. You know, I said, "Yeah, you're in Philly. Could we meet for coffee?" and Connect, and then we started a friendship, and we started actually at that time to a women's mastermind. So we literally just did a Zoom call, and for whatever reason, we felt drawn to doing a women's mastermind. I didn't, you know, at the time, I just went, let's get women around the country to just get on a call once a month, and we've literally had it for about five years. So we were doing that, and we would be getting together for our projects. So we've done some flips, some new construction together, and and her and I were like, we would just be chatting about stuff, families, life. that's the balance of it all, and. I think it was coming off of a lot of networking meetings where women are in the minority. And you know we're like, wouldn't it be great just to bring women together a little bit more than that's happening right now? And she's like, yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be great to create a community that we need. Like we need, her and I, selfishly. And we'd wanna be members of that. We'd actually wanna ask women questions and give and get support, right? So then we're like, did some soul searching of how do we begin that? Because there's so many ways, right? There's so many ways to start You could do YouTube. There's so many ways. But we always wanted to do something where we can get inspiration, but more importantly, give it. Yeah. And podcasting and interviews in this format is one of the greatest ways to do that. So that's what created this Invest Her podcast. But the mission, or at least where we're coming from, which I know you appreciate so much, is the financial freedom piece because women outlive men. And women usually don't know as much about the investing side as men do and all those things about finances and all that kind of stuff that's just not accurate. And so all those things really fueled this wanting and this need to say, we want to c- grow our wealth and it would be really cool to bring women together to do that too. Because we're, it's not like we're done, right? We're, we're on this path with everyone. That's how we feel and that's where we are. So yeah, the podcast kind of started from there. We're like, hey, nothing else comes up. We'll interview some great women. That'd be awesome. Because it's like, and a couple guys tell me, I'm going to run out of women. I'm, you know, I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna run out of women to interview, you know? <laughs> but anyway, and I haven't, and I'm sure you won't either. It's like, no, there's plenty no, of women.
1: I keep finding more and more cool yeah. ones. And then hopefully we're inspiring
2: more and more to more join. To so. <laughs> so the community itself, too, just like the idea of bringing people together, um, women, like we know this, but women wanna commune, they wanna connect. And it's <laughs> not just they wanna get something and move on. And we started a meetup right around the same time. I love the connection. I love networking. I did so much of that in my corporate life. And then as a new mom, I was like, damn, I'm just, I mean, I love my kids, but I'm like going out of my mind. I want to connect with other people and Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable with men. I love men. I work with them very well, but there's something about a women's group. There's just a little, I've always had really positive experience with women in my business experience. I didn't have the backstabbing negative experiences people have had. I've had, I've been very blessed. I had a woman business owner who, who was my boss for many years. So I had positive experiences. She made me, she was was a funny lady. She was great. Taught me so much about people. But anyway, long story short, we said, okay, if we got this podcast going, we're inspiring people, let's bring people together because that's really important. So that's what created this meetup group in Philly. And then we'd have people in our community say, do you have a meetup here? Do you have a meetup there? And we're like, no. And then in talking with folks, um, I was like, maybe women can start groups. And that's where that kind of got into motion. In terms of investor meetups around the country. So we have about 20 right now, which is cool. Right. And, you know, just bringing women, women coming together and connecting. And, but that's online and offline. So that's the story there.
1: Beautiful. The sisterhood is so important for us
2: women. The camaraderie, right? I said yeah. to someone, I'm like, women go to the bathroom together. They're going to want to, they're going to want to probably invest together. <laughs> yeah,
1: they will. I'm reading the book now, The Female Brain. It's like, Ooh. we really are hard, hardwired to that. Oh my gosh! I'm looking at the time. So I, I, before we get to our famed end of show Trinity, I want to I want to ask you two more questions. So first, what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out, or or what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know?
2: Beyond just there's so many things to know. I think I can speak personally because I think women either on the scaling of overselling themselves are underselling themselves. I think there are women who oversell themselves, but it's not the most common behavior. You see women undersell themselves more often than not, if I can make a complete generalization. And I did the same thing. And I still do the same thing sometimes. So I would say to women starting out, don't undersell yourself. Look at the strengths that you do have. Because I think everyone, every human being has strengths that they can pull upon to use in a new industry or a new focus. So you may not have a ton of real estate investing experience, but you have other strengths. You have other skills. And if you start to hone in on them, you're going to need some of those, whether it be marketing, sales, communication, connecting with people, however big or small you think they might be. I was in the business of helping people figure out their strengths, but sometimes I forget that for myself. And I think I did certainly early on. And then entering back into really working in our business It's intimidating, right? People are talking about a bunch of jargon that you're like, what? So don't undersell yourself and figure out what your strengths are today and then keep building upon your strengths and and certainly work on the stuff that you need to work on, whatever those areas are, but don't undersell yourself and don't talk badly about yourself. I feel like it's an important one. Not real estate related to answer your question, but I think it's just will bring you through the process. Yeah, I
1: think it is definitely so important. Wonderful advice. So before we get into the Trinity, what's the best way for people to connect with you?
2: Sure. So the Real Estate Investor is the website you can learn more about the, what we're up to there. It's h e r H-E-R.com. And, and some of our real estate projects and things we've been involved in in terms of multifamily and syndications and things is on the DeRosa side, uh, derosagroup.com. That's more of what my husband and I's business.
1: All right. Beautiful. Okay. So now it's time for the Trinity. What's one brag? What are you
2: celebrating? What's one brag? That's a good one. My son's five. He just started kindergarten. So I'm going to make it a personal brag. And he's becoming a little guy, like a little, mm-hmm. like someone who's not a baby anymore. I know he's not a baby, but he came home the other day and he was telling me about a kid at recess who was not acting the way he should be. And He's like, he was not making good choices, mom. You tell me to make good choices. And he was not making good choices, mom. <laughs> and he just was telling me about it. It was so cute. Because I, I mean, I literally tell him all the time. I don't say, be a good boy. I'm like, make good choices. You know, just make good choices and be kind to people. But if have anything else, do those two things. You should be good for a while. And he came home and he had this really cool way of being about it. You know, not every moment's like that. Sometimes he's got his, he's got a lot of crazy moments. I'm sure he's making my husband crazy right now, but... <laughs> But I was really proud of that. I'm proud of him hearing what I'm saying and taking it into the world because I feel like sometimes as a mom, you're just literally just you know, banging your head against the wall. So that's a, that's a personal brag, but that's a, an important one.
1: All right. So it's really important that with these brags, you like brag and you own it. So I was like, I brag that I'm an amazing mom. Yeah, I'm
2: <laughs> bragging. I'm an amazing mom. Okay. I love it. I'm owning it. I'm an amazing mom. I'm raising a kid who's making good choices. <laughs>
1: Difference between a good choice and a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> Own that brag, because that's a great. All
2: right, one. I love it. I love it. I'm owning it, and I got to do a better job at owning my stuff. So yeah. I appreciate the encouragement.
1: That's, that's why I have everyone brag because as women, we don't celebrate enough ourselves. And um, you know, as you, you, little, kind of a follow up on what you were what you were saying in terms of like underselling ourselves, we don't brag and and share the cool things we're doing, but it's it inspires ourselves like, oh yeah, I am doing great things. And then it inspires the yeah. others around us to go,
2: I could do that too. Maybe. Yeah, I could do that too.
1: <laughs> um, all right. So what's one thing you're grateful for?
2: I'm grateful for building systems and teams around our business goals and, and not doing it alone. And I'm just grateful for the people we work with. And, you know, there's just really good people. You know, there's been a lot of partnership. I didn't get into that mistake. I Maybe mean, that's part two sometime, but you know, certain partnerships just didn't work out. And this business, you can't know everything. And it, it ends up, you're going to have to partner JV, connect with other people doing this work and not every partnership works out perfectly. So I'm really grateful for the people I'm doing business with right now. And there's good people, similar values that was not always the case. So. Yeah. I'm just super grateful. Like above all else, there's just really good people that would go to battle for you, with you, so to speak. I'm grateful for that because you cannot do this alone, any of it.
1: Yeah, beautiful. And last but not least, what's one desire?
2: Mm. I think the desire for me right now is a bit piggybacking on being grateful for the, a lot of the people I am working with is building more of a support team. And sometimes... The desire meaning just putting the right processes in place, trusting people, right? Letting go of things, delegating, all those sort of things. So the desire, and I'm putting things in place to do that, but the desire is just to get out of my own way and do a better job of delegating and building more of a from a support perspective, not so much partners, but support perspective so I can be freed up to do other things. So desire slash goal, but yeah, focus, if you will.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, so shall your desire be, or so much better than you can imagine.
2: Ooh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) got to put your Um, stuff out there, right? What you want. Yeah. I love it.
1: Great. So thank you so much, Liz. This has been fantastic. Um, Yes.
2: Thank you for having me on the show. uh,
1: Connecting with you. To reach Liz again, you can find her at thetherosagroup.com or at therealestateinvestor.com. To connect with me, go to reigoddesses.com. There you can join our community of women from all over the country and the world that are in sisterhood together investing. You can also get on the list and join our investor club to find out about our investing opportunities and, and get freebies and information and all sorts of goodies. So go to reigoddesses.com and subscribe and comment and like us and come back next week for another amazing real estate investor goddess interview. Bye-bye.
0: You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.